Avenging Hour. I'm Jason. I'm John. That's John. Um, it's me. What are we doing? Issue uh, episode 221, right? Yep. Avengers West Coast number 57 from uh, April, April of 1990. It is by John Byrne. It's called Family Reunion. And it is the last John Byrne on West Coast Avengers. What? Did we read the last one on the Avengers yet? No, we still have some more Byrne okay. on the Avengers. But he, of course, is only <laughs> writing that and not drawing it. Still got some more Byrne. So here we are. This one's called Family Reunion. Family Reunion. Oh, wait, I get it. Because it's, you know, okay. <laughs> why don't we go, we'll go through the whole issue and then we can discuss why this is Burns' last issue. If you remember, in our last episode, Wanda gave Wonder Man a blowjob that everyone watched. And, uh, and then Hank Pym came in and was like, what did I miss? All right, <laughs> let me just mark this episode as explicit as well. Hey, you said it last week. I did. I, I did. was avoiding it. Uh, Hank Pym pops in, points a gun at Wanda, uh, Quicksilver punched him in the back of the head, and here we are. Here we are. Meanwhile, Agatha Harkness is like, I haven't seen that in 60 years. <laughs> U.S. agent's like, uh, my parents are going to be so mad. <laughs> Wasp was like, oh, it looked so much bigger when I was wasp size. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my stars and daughters. It's just off the top of my head. It's good. It's good stuff. <laughs> All right. So um, so we get the, the two pages of, hey, that's what happened. And then we cut away to back to um, Human Torch outside the place. Oh, look, he's not on fire anymore. So he could take the eviction notice from the guy. He just got served. But then he immediately flames, flames on, on and, and burns it, the yep. eviction notice. Bye. That was a weird aside. Like, he came, he saw a guy at the gate. He came out. The guy's like, you guys are being evicted. And then he flew back in because he got an emergency signal. So, John Byrne wants to remind us that Magneto is now the Grey King of the Hellfire Club, which is crazy because I had completely forgotten about Did that. Did you say the Grey King? He's the Grey King because... That's in between the white and the black? Yes. That's, you understand colors. Did he have to have sex with all of them to be... <laughs> he had to have sex with Sebastian Shaw and... Uh, it's not Tom Pierce. It's not Donald Pierce, he was is the it? Black he was a so bishop. I guess it was he had to have sex with Sebastian Shaw and Emma Frost, which, I mean, not a bad threesome, quite honestly. Is there not a white king? No, no, there, doesn't, there usually wasn't. There was. A, but there's two queens. Well, not originally. In the original X-Men run, it was just the white queen and the black king, and then they added Selene in as the black queen. I'm oh. not sure how... To, I'm not as up on X-Men. Go ask Jay and Miles. Pierce is a bishop, right? Donald Pierce? Yes, he was. Mm. We also have Wasp thinking... Uh, oh, did I skip over all this stuff that you're going to talk us about? I never expected Quicksilver to come back or to turn against us. What are you talking about, Hasn't he already Wasp? done it three times? Wait, the last time you saw him, Wasp, he had thrown you in a prison in Hungary. Of course he's your enemy. I mean, he's not, but you should think he is. Yeah, Anyway... We're going back to the book. So, yes, the Human Torch. Uh, he gets an emergency signal yep. like Iron Man did. Iron Man will be here eventually. He had to. It took him two issues to fly home, so he's going to get a while to get back here. <laughs> so, Human Torch flies over the um, bungalow and sees a hole in the wall that Pim made. And he's like, hey, if there's a hole in that wall, I'm going to go make a hole in one of the other walls. Because that's what you do. I mean, he's a symmetry. He's a design uh, person who believes that you need to... I'll balance the room well here's the problem with that if you look at the bungalow it's clearly two stories and it's l-shaped now where pim made the hole is going to go into the living room if and he says it's on the south wall 
Human Torch says he's going to make a big hole in the north wall. So he's going to end up in like the guest bathroom. (laughs) It's not the same room. That would have been great if he'd end up in the shower. (laughs) Crashes through. Ha ha. Crap. Where am I? But yeah, he pops in the hole and surprises them. And Wanda is going to murder him. And Quicksilver knocks her out of the way. He's like, look out. Look out. There's, I don't know. Wonder Man was going to attack you. <laughs> it's it's our first hint. Well, not our first hint. It's another it's a pretty hint big one that maybe Quicksilver might not be on the side of the bad guys in this particular case. And then uh, Human Torch zaps them with fire fingers. Yeah, he puts them in a fire cage. Is that a thing? What does that stop? Uh, it stops people that don't like to get burnt. But it doesn't stop Magneto because he's like Pishaw. How would it even stop Quicksilver? He's fast enough to just go right through it, isn't he? What is the a thin cage of fire going to do with any of those three villains? Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, it would burn Quicksilver. I mean, it wouldn't burn him for long, but it would burn him. Um, here's a solution. Quicksilver can just run really fast in a circle where he is and blow the cage away. What do you think he is, Barry Allen? He can't do that kind of stuff. He's not that fast. Can he just move his hands really fast? <laughs> uh, by the way... I did want to also point out that Simon is so upset that Wanda is acting evil. And he says, if only there was some way to break this field to take you in my arms. <laughs> oh, gross, Simon. He still has the feelings from last week. Oh. I don't know. Oh, blah. Anyway, Magneto breaks him out of this cage. Yes, how does Magneto do that? What magnetic power stops flames? <laughs> so, I think... That they establish at some point in time, I think Claremont does it in like the late 70s, early 80s, that while Magneto has absolute control over the forces of magnetism, he has some minor control over other elemental forces. That's dumb. I'm not saying I like it or agree with it, or it may not even exist, but I believe that that's established. So he lifts his hand, the fire cage goes poof, he rips a piece of the floor out that they're standing on like Graviton would do. A metal piece of the floor, apparently. Apparently, yes. All those nails. And lifts them up into the sky and they disappear. I mean, it looks wooden. And I think they blow the house up as well, I guess. Because that makes sense. Yeah, it looks like it. It looks like he just kind of explodifies it as he as he flies away. And all those human people are fine after a house exploded around them. Yeah, they seem okay. Now, Wonder, Wonder Man's like, we got to go after him right now. Because <clears throat> he's still horny. And Hank Pym is like, calm down. Let's, let's take a minute. <laughs> Keep your pants on. <laughs> now, Iron Man has finally arrived and he sees... <laughs> he's going to have to turn around and go back again. He sees a bunch of villains flying away on a piece of floating carpet. Magneto's like, I don't want to fight you. Iron Man's like, I kind of want to fight you. (laughs) Magneto thinks he can affect Iron Man's armor, but Iron Man's like, I'm not an idiot. My armor's not actually made of iron. It's not magnetic anymore. Yeah. I have a special demagnetizing agent in my armor. As you do. But then Wanda uses her hex power to shut his armor down. And he crashes to his death. And they're like, too bad he didn't have that magnetism thing. He is a little too... Yeah, because Magneto's like, I would have saved you. Yeah. Magneto is surprised at how ruthless the, uh, the Scarlet Witch is. <laughs> My daughter's a little cuckoo. But she's like, don't question me, Mags. I can do whatever I want. Meanwhile, back at the compound, the Avengers West Coast have regrouped, and they've decided on their new approach. They're going to talk it out. They're going to go up to Asteroid M... And they're going to get Wanda back. Do By they, golly. Do they know that that's where he is? I don't know that they actually say that. 
but they know they need a Quinjet. Oh, I guess they don't know because Pim says we're going hunting. We're just going to go flying up around in space and see if we can find another house up there. I mean, how big can space be? <laughs> you see people flying around on a piece of carpet. You, I mean, you know, how many of them can there be up there? Also, how are they breathing? And also... Um, Seriously, how are they breathing? Are they in... Well, they're not... The last time we saw... Oh, well, even... On that next page. Look at what... Well, it would be hard to breathe even in the upper atmosphere. I mean, they're mutants, so... How are they breathing? Did maybe Magneto capture a little bit of air in his... In his what? shell? <laughs> it looks, as they're approaching Asteroid M, like there's just three people on a chunk of floor. Do you think that Wanda used her hex power so they don't need to breathe anymore? She can change reality so that they don't have lungs? Yeah. Do you think? Maybe? Wouldn't that affect their speaking voices? Do you, th- <laughs> do you think that, that Quicksilver breathed really quickly when he was in the atmosphere? To, to <laughs> I was going to suggest he took a bunch of really quick breaths. Yeah. <laughs> to get all the oxygen. I, um, it's shocking that they don't actually explain it. Because usually when something dumb like that happens, they throw it into their conversation. And then Hank Pym starts to slip and say something about Quicksilver not being an enemy. But then he decides he shouldn't because maybe Magneto's monitoring the compound and he could find out the secret of Quicksilver. The secret is that Quicksilver is not a bad guy. I mean, isn't he? So somehow they're tracking them because they get in a Quinjet and they fly out and they are tracking them in the Quinjet. And that's when they find out that Magneto has built a new Asteroid M, and that's where they're going. Uh, The Asteroid M is very nice. He didn't build just a new one, but he brought a grandfather clock and some nice silver and some... uh... Here's my question. Yes. Is Magneto a master woodworker? Does he know plumbing and electricity? (laughs) Maybe he subcontracts? Who did all that in space? He maybe knows... Some mutant plumbers? It's stupid that that's what I thought of. But as they're showing this very ornate, like, dining room area, I'm like, how did he make that? Yeah, it's very ornate. I, I, I have to believe that there are mutant woodworkers and mutant electricians on his payroll. Weird. Of course, you have, to, you have to walk past all the ubiquitous space stuff first. Yeah. Like ramps with no railings and weird tubes and yeah, this is, well, cables you, that go nowhere. It would have been hard for him to subcontract this because no government would have signed off on this thing because it is a death trap. I mean, there are railings nowhere. And that looks like this one walkway looks like it's a very long drop. Also, when they first come in, that's a weird place to put the laundry room. Those look like, <laughs> those look like clothes dryers over there. <laughs> this didn't get clean. I'm going to eject it into space. <laughs> or they come in and take their, they disrobe so they can clean the space dust off. That's wonderful. Very weird. Yeah, um, Petro really gives the gives the game away here on this page because he's like, uh, "Come then, my children, we have much to plan." And Quicksilver says, "Indeed, we do, Father." And then that last panel, his thought balloon says, "Including the moment of my final vengeance," which still makes him sound kind of evil. It does, yeah, but, but evil towards his dad. Meanwhile, in Hollywood, in a condominium, we have an incredibly gross scene where some guy, uh, some really skeezy guy with bad hair, some guy named Cliffy who looks like Mark Grunwald. He kind of does, yeah. <laughs> He's uh, telling a beautiful young woman, Bambi. Named Bambi, yes. That he is an artist and would like to draw her. He's showing her his etchings. And it's going to get very gross. And then Iron Man crashes through his skylight. Mm. With he, a parachute. Yeah, because who knew? Even though his uh, systems are shut down and he doesn't have control of his suit, he can still uh, pull a lever and pop a parachute out of his neck. 
<laughs> I mean, as you do. I mean, it makes sense he would have some kind of backup system that might not be completely dependent upon his other systems. Yeah, I mean, if uh, War Machine would have had that in the Civil War movie, he wouldn't have a broken back now. Though one has to wonder how well a parachute... I guess a parachute... Yeah, I guess you... Because they parachute down like tanks and stuff, don't they? Oh, yeah. So you could parachute down a, a, an armored suit. Sure. Okay. If you still have some sort of control. If you're spinning and spinning and you pop the chute out, like, I'm not sure... It's going to catch. It might he, just wrap around you. And <laughs> he did look like he was spinning pretty wildly, but... Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Back to the Quinjet, which is 700 miles, more or less, straight up. The Avengers are getting into spacesuits. Uh, they send the Wasp first because she's expendable. And she heads out to Asteroid M to reconnoiter. So she put on this space helmet and, I guess, oxygen tank and all that stuff. And then she shrank down and it shrunk down with her? Yes, is accurate i it's not I, part of her costume though the helmet i mean they know she's on the team so they might have helmets made of unstable molecules i mm. find it a little hard that they build oxygen tanks out of unstable yeah. molecules <laughs> it just explodes when you shrink seems a little weird but whatever uh anyway we'll, we'll allow it so they send her out to reconnoiter and she mentions that when she shrinks down to that size her little antennas come out again so that's weird john burns trying to well that's actually something that who did that? That's something that Steve Englehart did, right? During when they were captured by Quicksilver the last time in Hung- Hungary, isn't it? Because he likes women having antennas like Mantis. Yeah, yes, yes, he does. I'm kind of surprised that John Byrne is recognizing that that happened in a previous issue since I didn't think he read them. Hmm. So in any case, yes, uh, her antennas come out. Her and Hank are communicating because he's got his Ant-Man helmet on. I love he's got a little tiny Ant-Man helmet in his pocket and he enlarges it. And then all of a sudden, the... Uh, Communication stops. The communications stop. And the Avengers on the Quinjet are like, what do we do? Let's go check on Jan. Yeah, so they all put on spacesuits. <laughs> Including Human Torch, who they give a... An Atmo web. This is something that yes. Reed Richards invented in the Fantastic Four, and you actually see Johnny Storm use it in the Fantastic Four so he can flame on in space. And he calls it oxygen webbing. Oh, is it oxygen webbing? Yeah. I think it was Atmo It's of his own modification of Reed Richards' design. Ah. I don't know why he needed to modify a thing that clearly already worked for someone. Yeah. Exactly like this guy, but whatever. And then a U.S. agent yells some potentially racist mutant thing, and they go flying over to Asteroid (laughs) Am. They get over there, they break through, Wonder Man punches through the wall, which seems like if you're trying to rescue one, it might not be the best idea. But also, you... it seems like that wall was made out of a wasp's nest. Yeah, yes, it really does. <laughs> um, and they fly, uh, Adam, by the way, Dr. Pym looking very Adam Strange-like with his little hmm. jetpack and his helmet. Uh, and they fly towards the bad guys, and they are beaten so quickly. The Avengers go down so quick. Wasp has already been captured. U.S. Agent gets taken care of by being wrapped up in, in the metal from the floors. Um, uh, Magneto just crushes Ant-Man's helmet around his head and kills him. No, that didn't happen? <laughs> no. But Wanda immediately snuffs out the human torch and deactivates the robot. He's dead. Well, he can't really be dead because he was never alive. Uh, Dr. Pym throws the Wasp at the rest of them and says, Get in your Quinjet and get the hell out of here before I really do some damage. Although it's not a Quinjet anymore, because he turns the Quinjet into a sphere of metal. And then he sends them hurtling back down to the planet below. I don't want to be Debbie Downer here, but I kind of agree with Scarlet Witch. She says, kill them? Yeah. She's like, kill them now while they're helpless. Here's (laughs) always been my problem with Marvel villains. They could have just murdered the entire Avengers team. 
and then no more Avengers to worry about. But see, this is a interesting time for Magneto because he's not. This was his whole. Let's just he's separate not, ourselves from everybody else. He's not really a villain at this point in time. As I'm sure you remember, because you're a big X-Men fan. You're a big X head. I, I, I was for a while. Professor Xavier is no longer on the planet. He is, he is off with Lalandra. Is off in space with Lalandra, and so Magneto is now a member of the X Men, and the headmaster for the New Mutants. Right now, this is that that relationship is beginning to fray at this point in time, or may have been f- completely frayed because he has rejoined the Hellfire Club. But by naming himself the Grey King, he's trying to show that he is he's the the mediator. Yes, yeah. he's not he's not a hero, but he's not a villain. So he, it, it really wouldn't be in his wheelhouse to just slaughter the, the Avengers at this point in time. Which is too bad, really. It is, because it would be a great opportunity for it. And, I mean, again, he even tells Wanda you should be less bloodthirsty. So. Which kind of makes me wonder why he picked her up. Well, I think supposedly it's because he cares about her as a person mm, now. Mm-hmm. He cares about his daughter and the family. Because he's been in her life so so often. So why is this John Byrne's last issue? Because there certainly doesn't seem to be anything in this issue that would be a problem. It's the blowjob thing, isn't it? (laughs) No, the problem is this whole Immortus subplot. So according to John Byrne, the reason he left is all Tom DeFalco's fault. I I could assume that the two of them wouldn't get along. So he had come on this book... He had this storyline for Avengers West Coast that involved Immortus. And they were at the writer's retreat. They were trying to come up with a summer crossover that would become Acts of Vengeance. And John Byrne said, why don't we use my Immortus storyline? Well, that will be our summer crossover. And they said, no. DeFalco, editor-in-chief at this point? uh, DeFalco's editor-in-chief. He said, no, I don't want to do that. We're going to do Acts of Vengeance instead. So, Burns like, whatever, fine. I'm going to go back and keep doing West Coast Avengers. And apparently then a few months later, Tom DeFalco was like, wait, I told you we weren't doing this storyline. This Immortus storyline in West Coast Avengers. And Burns like, you said you didn't want that for the summer crossover. You didn't say we weren't doing it. Howard Mackey, who was editing the book, he's fine with it. He approved it. Why don't you want to do it? Um, apparently, John Byrne thought about it. Did, did Tom DeFalco not read the comics? Because the Immortus thing, it was in at Who's least three issues. And Howard Mackey, apparently, according to Byrne, Howard Mackey fought John, Tom DeFalco on it and said, Tom, I've already approved this. This has, this has nothing to do. You know, we're not, we're not doing it as, you just said don't do it as the crossover. We're not doing it as a crossover. Right. We're just doing it as a regular storyline. And Tom DeFalco said, uh, No. Change the story, absolutely not. John Byrne said, fine, I quit. You won't let me do my story? I'm out of here. How weird. What was the storyline supposed to be? Yeah, I was going to say, do we know what else Byrne wanted to do? So John Byrne talks about how at this point in time in Marvel, they wanted things to be realistic in his quotes. Air quotes from John Byrne for realistic. And they didn't like that Wanda's hex power was just bad luck. According to him, he was told by editorial, we need to nail down her power. It's too, it, it needs to be more, it needs to be more scientific. Did they, was Doctor Strange dead at this point? Did they not have any magic <laughs> in the Marvel Universe? This is all coming from Byrne. So according to John Byrne, that's why Wanda's power, why they decided Wanda's power wasn't bad luck. It was altering probabilities. That was an edict from on high at Marvel that we need her power to be more grounded. She alters probabilities. John Byrne saw that and said, well, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's the same thing. It just sounds 
more scientific. If Wanda is altering probabilities, she would have, according to John Byrne, she would have to be reaching back through the whole temporal chain of events that led to a single moment. She would have to be altering time retroactively. According to John Byrne. Seems like a jump, but okay. And if that's happening, Immortus would notice. So he's still trying to shoehorn Immortus back in her. Yes. Well, this was his original plot. Right, right. So he says Immortus right now in, in his plot, Immortus was trying to whittle down the multiverse to a single timeline. A timeline he would control. But he can't do that if Scarlet Witch keeps changing things. Yes. Also, when he realized how her powers worked, he realized she could be helpful to him in whittling down the timeline. He wanted a Mrs. Immortus. <laughs> Plus, he heard she was good at giving. <laughs> <laughs> so, he's going. his idea is to kidnap Wanda. And one of his storylines was when he kidnapped Wanda, he was going to use her to alter probabilities so that when the Avengers fought Kang the first time, Kang won. So Back in issue bring, number nine. He was going to bring Kang into this as well. I feel, and, like, I feel like John Byrne didn't really like continuity. What? <laughs> and his plan was to open up one issue, you'd open it up, and all of a sudden the world would be completely different. Because Immortus will have used Wanted to change it and make it completely different. Did John Byrne not realize that that would change all the other Marvel comics, well, too? Well, that's why he wanted to do it as a summer-wide crossover. Mm, sure. Because you can't really just do that in two titles. But when he wasn't allowed to do it in a summer crossover, he was just going to do it in Avengers West Coast. That never would have worked. Even if they had allowed him to do it, it wouldn't have made any sense. And so slowly over time, as the story progressed, we would find out, we would get flashbacks and find out what changed and how we got to this point and what Immortus had actually done. John Byrne was going to have little two-page asides in all the issues? No. <laughs> Does any of this have to do with the old man in Jersey with the machine in his basement? <laughs> <laughs> no. So eventually, the heroes would figure out what's going on, and he was going to use the Black Knight as his hero... To get in there, free Wanda, defeat Immortus, and set everything right again. And then, uh, once everything is set right, the memory of what happened would fade from everyone, except for the Black Knight and the Scarlet Witch. And that was his plan. And when he was told he couldn't do it, he left. He went, meh. Exactly. Would it have been a good story? Mm -mm. I don't know. I don't think so. But it certainly would have been been more comp more it would have made more sense than what we're going to be seeing coming up here did we ever get to the end of that storyline with with the old man in the basement and no his... no we'll be doing that the next time we go back to the avengers on the east coast oh it wasn't i couldn't remember yeah that's right it wasn't the avengers one does that get wrapped up before burn leaves yes burn wraps that up okay. and then at the end of that storyline he leaves the east coast All right. okay great so that's where we're at that's enough of that by John Byrne. We barely knew you. I mean, we know him a little too well, but. <laughs> Your thought on John Byrne's tenure on the book. And the big question I want to ask you, do you have thoughts on John Byrne's tenure on West Coast Avengers? Uh, I thought he drew a nice tigra. <laughs> Nothing else? No. Why do you think he added U.S. agent to this title? Because he likes Captain America, but they wouldn't let him have him. But he doesn't use U.S. Agent that he often. Doesn't, he and doesn't he doesn't really. really seem like he's got a handle on him. I don't know. Why did he bring Human Torch back and and Toro's dumb widow who never left? 
Mm, yeah, that's a good question. I just there's just some weird characters here. I'm not sure why he basically made old East Coast Avengers the new West Coast team. Like Hawkeye and Mockingbird, other than popping in to say hi a few times, are gone. Tigra's gone. Yeah, it uh, is weird. He completely restructured the team. Wonder Man's like the only original one yeah. there. Yeah, it is. It, I just I don't know why U.S. Agent confuses me the most. But you're right. He completely rebuilt the team into what he wanted. And think about it, like he destroyed Wanda. Yeah. Made her crazy. Destroyed he destroyed Vision. Vision, turned him back into a robot, and now he's white. Yeah. He destroys Tigra. Yeah, ruined Tigra. I mean, Tigra had had some potential here and there, but I don't think she was ever really fully realized at the time. She's much more interesting these days as like Moon Knight's paramour. It's just such a confounding team. And if you look at his at his plan for this Immortus plotline, that doesn't explain any of these personnel changes. No. It doesn't explain one and it and and unless he had planned to keep doing the book after that plot was finished, I and that was why he made these changes. It's just there's so much confusing during his run. Well, you know, anybody can be an Avenger. <laughs> Didn't isn't he the one that did that? He is the one that did that, yes. And I it feels like he was working towards getting Wasp and Hank back together. Yeah, well, he certainly was doing that. His East Coast team makes... His, what he's doing in the East Coast book makes more sense. I don't always love it. But there's a logic to it. Like, it doesn't it doesn't confuse me. Whereas this stuff, I'm just like, wait, what? At the same time, there's more to pull from on the East Coast because that's where most of the Marvel Universe happens. It's true. Anyway, sorry. Please continue your outro. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, sure. Uh, you can... J- <laughs> forgot what I was even saying. You can email us at uh, avengingourgmail.com or uh, leave comments on our Instagram and look at the fancy pictures. It's at avenging, at the avenging hour. Sorry, sorry, at the avenging hour. Man, we really messed that up, didn't we, by having two uh, Instagram pages. One that we can't figure out how to get back into anymore. I don't know what you're talking about because this Instagram <laughs> stuff, I'm just going to cut out all this talk of a second page. There's one page. It's still there. The second one's still there. <laughs> we just can't do anything with it. We have one page and people like it. No, oh, I know. I know. I mean, I'm, I leave comments now. Yes, I see that. I don't think anybody knows who you are. See, but. the problem was, is I was I was following the old page, and I thought John never posts anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, nobody knows who I am. They gotta be able to figure it out. I don't know. That's fine. I mean, they can click on my comment and my name, like my actual name, is under my Instagram is name. It? Yeah, I don't hide. I don't hide, man. That's all. All right. Bye bye. <laughs>